Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. The following episode was recorded in 2021. Let's jump in. All right, I think we're ready. Welcome, everybody. You know what we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. Uh, so we're reading through the book of Romans. Um, we're in chapter 15 today. <clears throat> so remember, real quick recap of the book of Romans, chapters, just the out, basic outline, chapters 1 through 8. Uh, essential doctrine of the Christian faith, uh, chapters nine through eleven. How does the um, how does the Christian uh, how does the nation of Israel fit into the gospel, the, the message of Jesus, this new thing called you know the church and the salvation through Christ? <coughs> Excuse me. And then twelve through the end of the book, twelve through sixteen, is the practical matters. What does it mean now that you know all these things have happened? In Christ, now that all this spiritual reality has taken place, you're a new creation. You've been brought from death to life. Uh, you've been justified. You've been redeemed. All these things. What um, what does that mean practically? <clears throat> and in the Book of Romans, there's some deep theological topics picked up, right? I mean, things like salvation, words like propitiation, justification, things like foreknowledge and predestination and sanctification and reconciliation, all these big shuns, all these good big Asians. <clears throat> and, um, and so based on all these big, deep theological issues, the, the, where the rubber hits the road is the practical, right? How does that change our lives? How then shall we live? And uh, so from 12 to where we are today is uh, really about what kind of difference should that make in your everyday life? And one of the areas that Paul talked about yesterday, and we'll continue in the conversation at the beginning of chapter 15, is nothing should be more affected by these changed realities spiritually in us than the, than the way we treat others. That should There should be a radical difference and change in the way we treat others based on what's happened to us spiritually. And more particularly, the way we treat others in the body of Christ, the way we treat others in the body of Christ, that should change significantly. So he's going to continue that conversation today, that that point of argument. Then he's then it'll, in the latter parts of 15, it'll shift to more uh, personal matters for Paul. So let's read it. Welcome, everybody. Great to have you on. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for subscribing to it, rating it. Many of you have rated the pod. Thank you so much for doing that. I know many of you on the Apple Podcasts and Anchor have, have taken time to, you know, give it five stars or say a write a write a brief um, uh, comment. So appreciate that. It means a lot. All right, Romans fifteen. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. All right. So if we think we're strong. If you think you're strong spiritually, then you ought to bear with the failings of the weak. So if we're strong, part of the, um, the, the not just not the requirement, but sort of the the 
an example of our strength would be our ability to deal with the failings of the weak. If we're so strong, we're not going to be freaked out if people disagree with us or if there's if there's some dish, you know, some disharmony on a particular issue, we can deal with it. We can handle it. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. That's so different. It's so countercultural than our than where we are as a culture today, right? If if we if somebody if if there's a failing or if somebody disagrees with us, what do we do? In this in this culture, not we in the, as in the church, but we cancel them. We stop talking to them. We cut them off. We unfriend them. We unlike them. We disassociate with them. But we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So Jesus withstood insult, right? He withstood shame. He dealt with our weaknesses. My goodness. I don't know about you, but man. He, he, he got a lot of weaknesses in me to work with. Jesus is still working with my weaknesses on the on on the on the daily, right? He's like, if Jesus does that for us, we do that for others. <clears throat> for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now, remember, see, remember who Paul is talking to. Paul is talking to Jews and Gentiles. Um, groups, uh, uh, two groups of people who, for the most part, hated each other, did not associate with each other at all. They didn't eat together. They didn't fellowship together. Um, they considered, particularly from a Jewish perspective, to do so would be considered unclean. So there was deep animosity between these two groups of people. But then this amazing thing happened. The gospel of Jesus Christ comes, a righteousness that comes from God apart from the law that says anyone who believes, anyone who puts faith in Jesus is welcomed into the family of God. And this amazing Christ welcoming, people honoring and, and uh, embracing community starts called the church that brings in Jew and Gentile slave free people from every economic stratus of the culture from different ethnic backgrounds different ages genders everyone is welcome at the table together that's the good news that's the gospel but paul says that has happened theologically like god did that but you're going to have to live that out it's going to it's going to take spirit empowered uh, lives and spirit-empowered community to live that out. I mean, that's true. <laughs> so you can do community together. But the point is this. If we don't live it out, if we don't bear with those who are weaker than us, if we don't learn to live together with our differences, and I'm talking to the church, right? I'm not talking about nationally, that's true too, but I'm not talking about, you know, in the United States as a, as a country, all of that's true. The kingdom of divided cannot stand, but I'm talking specifically to the, about the church right now, the people of God. The point is, if we don't do that, if we don't live together, if we don't love each other, if we don't learn to bear with one another's weaknesses, if we don't learn to um, accept each other and uh, be agree to disagree on gray areas, the world will never buy all those Asians. 
They'll never buy that, that your salvation. They'll never buy your propitiation. They'll never buy your sanctification. They'll never buy your justification. They'll never buy it, your reconciliation. Look, you try to tell me you reconciliated with God and you can't even get along with your brother, please. I ain't got time. That's the point. Like, this matters. This is not an it, it has everything to do with our presentation of theology, our presentation of what God has actually done in Christ for the world. If that's true, we've got to live it out. If we don't live it out, the world says, I smell a rat. Some ain't lining up. That's why Jesus in John 17 prayed so fervently and adamantly, Lord, make them one. The world will know that you sent me by their love for one another. Woo, what? Yeah, that's what Jesus said. The world will know. They'll believe all those Asians. They'll believe the justification, the sanctification, the glorification, the reconciliation. They'll believe that. The world might believe that, but the only way they're going to believe that is, Lord, if you make them, the body of Christ, one. Then they'll believe that, God, Father, you have actually sent Jesus. We see that, man. That's what, and Paul's picking up that same thing here. That's why he spends two chapters, two chapters in a in the in probably the the most important theological work on Christianity. He spends two chapters talking about get along with each other, people, <laughs> love each other, embrace each other, bear with one another. Verse five. May, now he's gonna pray. He's gonna pray. He's like, we go. We're good. He just switches into prayer right here. He says all these things about, you know, bearing with one another. And then he's like, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement. <laughs> it's going to take the power of God to do this. So may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had. Does that sound familiar? Philippians chapter two, it's almost word for word. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Philippians chapter two. That's Paul. Paul wrote that too. He's, 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 he's restating the same thing here. May, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ had so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God, uh, the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Welcome everybody. Great to have you on today. Talking about an important topic about unity in the body of Christ. Romans chapter 15. So verse 7. Accept one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Again, everything goes back to Jesus. Why am I called to love others? Why am I called to bear with others? Why am I called to um, bear with the failings of the weak? Because Christ did that for me. Because Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus. Why do you guys get along? Why do you why do you why do you commit to the body of Christ? Why do you commit your time, your, your talent, your treasure to the body of Christ? Because Jesus. You know, the, the, the little kids in like preschool church, when you know the the answer to every question is, you know, how many disciples were there? Bible. <laughs> how many days of creation were there? Jesus. They, you know, they didn't get it all wrong. They're kind of right. Most of the time, the answer goes back to Jesus. <laughs> if you got the answer, Jesus, most of the time, you're going to pass the test with an A. 
Jesus. Um, for I tell you, verses eight, verse eight, Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written. Now, Paul's going to give us a, a litany of examples from the Old Testament that talked about that looked forward to the day when the Gentiles would give praise to God along with the Jews, when the Gentiles would be. Uh, uh, invited in to the family of God and would sing praises to God. Paul's going to give us a few Old Testament examples of that. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Verse 10. Again, it says, rejoice you Gentiles with the people. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. Verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise and rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. Prophecy about Jesus. Verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, what a beautiful prayer for somebody. Prayer for us. We need to embrace that today, right? May the God of hope fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in him so that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, we can we can take that in right now, right? Now Paul's going to shift gears a little bit, talk more practically about his mission, kind of what he's what he's up to as a missionary. Verse 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness. Remember, he's never been to Rome. He's never seen these believers. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's seen them in other places, ran into them at different things, and uh, but he's never been to Rome yet. So he's he's saying, in a sense, he's wrapping up the, the letter to the Romans. He's saying, look, I didn't write this letter because I thought you guys were all jacked up. <laughs> like you were all off base spiritually. He's like, I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, that you're a good church, you're good people, you love Jesus. You're probably doing a lot of these things already. You yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Like, you, you're good. You, you don't necessarily need me to teach you. you you're, you're spiritually mature. Yet, I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again. Because of the grace God has given me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me this priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Paul's saying, look at the reason I've, I've sent this to you is because it's part of my calling. My calling is to, to remind you of these important truths of the gospel. Um, and I'm a minister to the Gentiles. I, I'm, an, I'm a priest. He considers his role like a priestly role as a servant to, to serve those who are not of Jewish descent. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I find my glory, I, my, uh, my, my joy, my satisfaction in Christ Jesus as I serve him. That's what Paul is saying. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and done, by the power of signs, signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Achillium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known 
so that I would not build. So I was, so I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So it's not necessarily wrong to build on someone else's foundation, but Paul's, that's not Paul's calling. Paul's calling is to go to those unreached people, particularly Gentiles who had not yet heard the gospel. He's like, I'm not here to, to pastor those who have already been um, reached. I'm not here to disciple necessarily. I'm here to evangelize. I'm here to reach those who are far from God, particularly um, Gentiles who are far from God. And then Paul would often, after he would reach a people and they would form a community, he would hand that off to a local pastor or elders to continue to nurture and develop and mature that. Both, both parts of that are important, but Paul's role was more the missionary evangelist piece, the apostle. Verse 21, rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who've not heard will understand. That's what Paul wants to do. I want to, people who've not seen, I want them to see. People who don't, who've never heard, I want them to understand. That's why I've often been hindered from coming to you. So I've been doing other things. Verse 23. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, I since have been longing for many years to visit you. I plan to do so when I go to Spain. His idea was to go first to Rome, then eventually to Spain. And some think that Paul's ultimate objective was to maybe have Rome be a kind of a missionary outpost for a Western expansion of the gospel. I hope to see you while passing through to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. It's like, you know, hopefully you'll, you can assist me as I go on and reach the world. But, um, but for a while, I would like to just kind of chill out a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we can just hang a little bit. Enjoy your company. Sit out on the patio, sit in the shade, have some food and drink, just hang out, fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Verse 25. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem. So Paul's like, tell this what's going on with me right now. I'm, I'm heading to Jerusalem in service of the Lord's people there. See, there was a famine in Jerusalem during this time. And Paul is, uh, well, we'll read it. Paul's collecting an offering to bring back to help the, the impoverished people in Jerusalem. Verse 26, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. Verse 27, they were pleased to do it. And indeed, they owe it to them. Whoa. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. Interesting, right? Paul's like, look, I'm going back to Jerusalem because those the folks there are, are hurting. So while I'm on my missionary journeys, I'm collecting offering to bring back to help the, the people in Jerusalem who are struggling financially, economically. And, and he's saying, you know what? The Gentiles have been um, in Macedonia and Achaia have been more than happy to help. And Paul says, you know, honestly, they should. They should, they should want help because, you know, they, they inherit. They, the, the point is this. Those in, in the Gentiles will say, you know, those are Jews. That's a Jew, Jewish people. Jewish people take care of themselves. Why we got to worry about that? Paul's like, no, no. Paul's like, they get it because they realize they're part of a family. And those Jewish brothers and sisters in Jerusalem who are hurting are their brothers and sisters. So and they owe a lot of their spiritual well-being to Jerusalem. Which is, I think, why Christians, we should we should have an affection, a care, concern for Jewish people. 
because they are the the line through which we receive our spiritual ancestry. They there's a there's a spiritual connection there. So anyway, Paul says they they given they they gave generously and they should. Verse 28. So after I have completed this task of going back to Jerusalem and have made sure that they have received their contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray for me. He knows he's he going back to Jerusalem for Paul is risky. He didn't have they he didn't always have a good experience in Jerusalem. He got beat a few times. You know, they, he was not a popular person by some of the um, religious leaders in Jerusalem. So Paul says, I'm about to enter something that's kind of risky, so be praying for me. Um, pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, in, in, in Judea, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace. God of Shalom, the God of Charis, be with you all. Amen. God of peace. God is a God of peace, man. That's why he wants people, his people to live in unity. It's good stuff. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Thanks for being part of this reading in Romans chapter 15. Tomorrow we wrap it up with uh, the very last chapter. Uh, mostly greetings, but some very significant greetings in there. Thanks for being on. You know what we do now? It's time to pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Um, Lord, we pray this prayer for us that Paul prayed for uh, the Romans. Lord, we pray that you would fill us with all joy and peace. Lord, that as we trust you, you that we might overflow with hope and with power in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that the God of peace, that you would be with us and fill us and refresh us. And that we might follow you today with joy and accomplish your will for us today. Lord, I pray for my friends, everyone who's listening on this podcast, daily prayer, whatever special needs they have. Maybe they're just, just down. Maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they need, need hope. Whatever they need, God, you know. May you release it into their lives by the power of your Holy Spirit in the most precious way, in the most unique way that only you can. Lord, those that need a physical touch, may you bring healing to their bodies. Those who, who are looking to you for financial blessing or breakthrough, Lord, or guidance, Lord, may you provide that and grant that um, according to your will. Lord, we love you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being on here today. Hope you have a great, great day. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.